This presentation is from UX Australia 2015, held in Sydney. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. Please join me in welcoming Jason to the stage. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, it's great to see that there's been a lot of talks this conference around moving away from screen design and sort of moving into the, the bigger picture stuff, looking at you know, digital touch points, retail, that kind of thing. Um, but this is, a, of course, not without its own dangers and that the complexity uh, to design these changes that affect multiple siloed teams and back to, I guess, Dave's keynote yesterday, uh, some people's jobs are at risk. Um, then also the effort required to navigate this to workable solution uh, increases as well. Not to mention the backlash from the very people that we tend to design for on a daily basis um, for when that design implementation is part of that bigger picture and the experience runs a little thin, yet these sort of comments. So in the next 10 minutes, I hope to share with you some of the frustrations that I've personally had um, working with different organisations and what I'm doing to become more of a pragmatic UX uh, practitioner. So I thought I'd start with a definition of what I think a pragmatic UX practitioner is. And this is the definition for pragmatic. Um, and for me, if I'm, what I'm designing isn't feasible or viable, then it's neither a sensible nor a realistic uh, answer to what we're trying to design for. It's a waste of my time, and it's a waste of the time of any client that I'm working for or a team that I'm working with. Some of you might be familiar with this diagram. Um, to get the best experience, you start with desirability. Does the customer actually want what we're designing? Do they need it? And then you check to make sure it's viable with the business. And of course, uh, the delicate and sort of third part is, is the experience it's, itself feasible? Can it be created in the time and the budget that's been allocated to it? Now, don't get me wrong. I still think we should definitely be leading with desirability. But a pragmatic UX practitioner needs to consider the feasibility and the viability when coming up with designs. In fact, I probably would argue that we need to spend you know, a good proportion of our time in these other areas. Why is this? Well, I've got some experience working with different companies and I've seen designer uh, agency-led projects fail because the designers have come in, done their UX, and then left. I've also seen business-led proje business projects fail because the project sponsor has been too domineering and team members have lacked the spine to sort of talk out a turn or stand up and, and you know, back up the research and explain that to the, the project sponsor. Similarly, I've also seen uh, solution-led projects fail because, uh, let's face it, uh, engineers don't specialise in design. So coming back to this diagram, um, a pragmatic UX practitioner, I believe, should always be sense-checking against the viability and feasibility of the solution and maintain that balance in between these areas here. It's a pragmatic UX practitioner's responsibility to maintain the balance because if we're going to lead with customer first, then it makes sense for us to help the other parts of the puzzle um, make a great product, service, or experience. How do we do this? Um, I'm going to take you through two uh, sort of areas that I've been looking at recently. So the first one is collaboration. It cannot be understated how powerful collaborating with the business uh, and the solution stakeholders uh, can be. As UX designers, we implicitly get customers to help us design uh, what our solutions are going to be. So surely extending this to the other stakeholders is a natural extension. So... In collaboration, what's a way in which we can approach this? The first way is to be present. So to be part of the project from inception to completion and beyond and ensure that 
the right people from the business and solution side are also present. I worked on a project last year uh, where the design team had sort of been and gone, and I had to take some of their work forwards, but there was no one around to help me understand what design decisions that they had um, actually implemented or what they were thinking, um, apart from a bunch of wireframes, which had one line annotations per page. So for me, that was a, a, quite a large challenge. Now, I hate documentation as much as the next UX person, um, so in an ideal world, that UX team would have been sitting with the project team the entire way through the project, and as soon as someone such as myself came on board to implement something else, I could have asked them the questions and, and gotten the answers straight away, rather than try to fumble around. Um, in the end, I had to escalate that up two, two levels up. That was emailed across to the design agency. They got back a week later, and then you know the, the information that got back wasn't actually that helpful, and it definitely wasn't timely. Now, just as we use personas to um, proxy to speaking to actual users, if we can't be there in person, and I understand time and budget constraints are always there, then what we need is a, a proxy for our, for our um, presence. And in this case, it's the, the design artifacts that we create. So if it's wireframes, it's wireframes. It might be you know, mood boards. It could be any number of these sorts of things. Um, we need this because when someone else comes along, they need to be able to have enough detail there to pick it up and run with it. And what I think is a really good idea is create bonus documentation on how to use those design assets or how it works so people can you know, pick it up straight away. So be precise. Uh, recently, I worked on a, a project where I completed a customer journey map, and it was great to be able to take that to the stakeholders and present the work to them because they could fire questions at me and I could respond and you know, talk through some of the nuances and the anecdotal stories that came from the research. But... As with most clients, what happened was they asked for a digital copy afterwards, which we were glad to give to them, but what happened is it was circulated outside of that project team, and then we had to do a number of sort of uh, meetings afterwards to explain why that particular journey map wasn't relevant for another part of the business. So what I do now is I bundle with most of my uh, digital assets a sort of how this works deck, how to read, how to understand how things fit together. The second way and I think this is probably a lot more challenging, is to show respect. Now, you might be asking, what does respect have to do with being a pragmatic UX practitioner? Um, I showed some tweets from people complaining about some of Australia's uh, big companies uh, earlier, and the question might be, well, do these companies actually have any UX people, given people are complaining about it? And the answer is, yes, they do. A lot of them actually come to conferences like this one here. Big problems are wickedly hard to solve, so we need to show some respect to those who are trying to help you know, those companies move forwards. Because it's really super easy to, to redesign, say, an airline ticket form and make it nice and presentable to the customer, but without any understanding of you know, the, the complexities and the nuances that uh, keep the airline running inside it, then it doesn't really solve any purpose. For the last few years, we've been talking about breaking down silos, and I think this is fantastic, but I think there's something that we need to be careful of moving forwards, and that is don't belittle, we shouldn't be belittling the effort of others and creating a UX silo. So what are some actionable things we can do to show some respect? The first thing is to respect the people you're working with. So understand their motivations. And if you recall back to the, the Venn diagram where we've got stakeholders in both the business and the people implementing the solutions, you know, respect those people and understand what they're bringing to the table. And I guess back to, to Dave's opening keynote, you know, step out of your own bubble and empathise with these people. Secondly, respect the ecosystem. As designers, 
sorry, as our designs become much more complex, the ecosystems and the way in which our designs will interact with other parts of you know, a very complex system are going to become a lot harder and a lot more intricate for us to understand, and there will be a lot of knock-on effects. And thirdly, uh, respect yourself. Whilst the first two ways sort of show you how to, uh, sorry, while well, the first two ways show how to um, sort of hamper out the best customer experience moving forwards, you need to be own strong in your own knowledge and skill set that you as a designer can actually push back on some of the things that the, uh, the stakeholders might have to say to you. You get respect by giving respect. And so, hi, I'm Jason, and I'm a pragmatic UX practitioner, and that's all I've got. Thanks. We hope you liked this presentation from UX Australia 2015. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.